Hello, iGaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsors. The iGaming Next podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. I've been working with Ashley, Lewis and the guys over at Pragmatic Solutions over the last year. And as the early supporter of this podcast, I cannot recommend them enough. The Pragmatic Solutions Player Account Management Platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. This podcast is brought to you by Pragmatic Play, an industry-leading content provider of slots, live casino, bingo, and virtual sports. Pragmatic Play excels at creating an immersive, engaging, and mobile-focused experience for players with over 200 HTML5 games that are available in all currencies, 31 languages, and all major certified markets. Discover more at pragmaticplay.com. This podcast is brought to you by Playson, the fastest-growing digital entertainment supplier for the global gaming industry. Operating across 20 regulated markets and with more than 140 partners worldwide, Playson's diverse portfolio of enthralling casino games, captivating tournaments, and promotional tools are proven to maximize player engagement and retention. To find out more, visit www.playson.com. So, so Andrea, I mean, um, you started your career as a professional sports becker, um, which is interesting in its own mm-hmm. right. And I, and I remember from back in the day, I used to... Uh, I used to be very involved in the poker scene. And at Uh that time, a lot of the poker players, they were also kind of doing sports betting on the side Uh and trying to uh, earn some extra money from that. Uh, How does it work to be a professional sports better? How do you find uh, an edge when you play Uh against the house? So I think you need to, I think you probably need to split it up a little bit. Like the sports betting term is is, is so wide. You have the professionals who are playing on on the soft books which is, you know, a lot of the time, you know, betting differences with with Pinnacle or, or the reference markets. Or you have, at least in my opinion, a bit more, maybe a pure form of, form of sports betting, okay. like where you're actually betting into the high liquidity markets. Yeah. So that's what we did. Uh, it was um, probably, I mean, it was recent how I ended up in Malta. It right. was, it was uh, <laughs> probably the best decision I ever made. Yeah. So... Take me back to 2012. It was my my brother. He's obviously the reason why I'm in this business as well. He was working with a group group of guys. They were placing bets in in you know in top top European leagues into the Asian markets, and they want to scale the business. So uh, he sent his little brother straight out of university. Never had a job, and I was put here to 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 start trading some of the leagues. So we did it like the pure old school way. We were pricing up, you know, one X two and and Asian handicaps and and total over under, and we were betting them pretty hard into to the Asian markets. So uh, we did that for yeah four five years, and it was the best 
definitely the best best years of my life like uh, high highs and, and low lows yeah so we the were, variance is exa- exactly and even though we had our own models we did everything like we never hedged we never arbed we kind of we took our position and we and we stuck by it to the to the bitter end yeah. so i'm kind of it was very good fun and we were i think we were probably like 10 guys yeah. and everybody had like a piece of the pie i was just some more than others yeah. but you know a really really good group of guys and you know we had this like a little bit like us against the world yeah. type of thing you know very low low profile guys just like doing our thing and then we we went to Pottsville on on, <laughs> on on Mondays and Tuesdays to, to, to celebrate <laughs> not on Fridays yeah, yeah, yeah. no exactly then then we were working <laughs> then, then we were, were working, working. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah but but yeah obviously now it's 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 getting harder and harder uh, it's it's less and less liquidity Obviously, when you when you when you want to get on, you want to get on as early as possible. Where there's, if, especially if you have like an edge on the information side of things, but um, but it's even. And how would you find out the information if you're playing you, a high liquidity well, games and stuff? I mean, what, what we did, we we had we had you know connections. We had guys. It was really you know right. proper old school grinding. We had guys making previews. I mean, me personally as well. I was I was watching you know every single game of you know a couple of leagues for for three four years i i knew this league in and out you know more than than anyone else um basically dedicated my my life almost to, to follow a couple of leagues knew every yes, player so you were niching yourself to exactly. like something very specific exactly. and then the other guys were niching themselves to something exactly else. so yeah. we had our our every everybody had their different separate leagues and you know we had everything we had back in the day obviously again now even more information is available back back then it was you know maybe it wasn't that easy to have injury news or you know even to know who was you no know, proper suspended or coaches getting fired or whatever so it was just like a proper i mean i remember i mean i i did the did the dutch league yeah. so i still you know have very very good memories of that i had a guy that we, we had on our payroll who was like really really following it you know reading all the local press you know sending us information on a daily basis and then we took that into our kind of our models and then we obviously used it to to compile our own prices and we were comparing them to the market and then the bigger the difference the more we bet (laughs) and uh, yeah amazing Uh, yeah can you remember like um any specific game where you find where you find something like very specific that you knew was going to give a really big edge to one of the teams or one of those moments where you had like I remember I mean yeah there was one there's one situation where it was a so 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 what we did we obviously had a pre-game position so we had you know uh, Asian handicap you know home or away and then we had an over or under position usually uh, sometimes we had both sometimes we had one or the other or, or nothing at all and I remember I was sitting in the uh, we had a we had a small office in, in Norway and I was home for Christmas and I think it was the last day before Christmas and um, Chris, Chris, Christopher, who was one of the owners of the, the company, he was trading the Norwegian league. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was uh, yeah, two, two teams there. And we had a very clear position on the home team and over. Like, so we were going to have a lot of goals and, and the home team. And, yeah. and how we usually did it was like, if, if, we got, if the home team scored early, we would reload in-game. So, you know, if they scored early, we would were, we were hit it again. Yeah. And we would hit it again. And we were obviously adding data to the feed as we're getting along. So we were, you know, adjusting for, you know, fight backs and, you know, motivation and everything. And uh, everything was, you know, 
game by game. <laughs> and then they just hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered. And I think they ended up like winning 8-0. And I think that kind of made our Christmas that year. It was like uh, normally you, you you remember the big losses, yeah. but this one uh, this was the big win. And I uh, I think it ended seven or eight nil, and we were just hitting. Oh it. my god! Yeah, wow, that's a so good that one. Was, uh, Have you seen the, uh, the there was like on Netflix recently this uh, untold documentary about the referee scandal in the NBA? Mm. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. like sport, like yeah. someone they, they, he was giving out the information. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and you know what? On that topic, you know, it's 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 so many you know dodgy stories as well. Yeah, you know, from back in the day. Yeah, especially in those in those offshore markets and everything. So it's good that the industry is going in the direction it's going. But I remember, you know, there was these. Have you heard about ghost matches? No. So ghost matches where the it was a phenomenon where somebody was just organizing a football game that never took place so you had often you know in a bit more you know, remote destinations often like in asia or or in africa they you know they probably paid someone off someone to kind of create the game that took place let's say it was a tier two team against a tier two team somewhere and then they pretended it was there they send a scout and the scout was reporting you know like that's how they collect the data you know you have on every every game you have either live or from tv you have someone reporting what's going on like home home safe home attack home danger home goal yeah. you know and then that's how the, the 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 bookies get their information and and that's how they update the odds and there was sometimes you know that some of these weird events popped up and then it was like oh because obviously if, if you know if you give the, the the scout, if you give him a script saying that you know after five minutes the home team's going to score, and, and the game was never there, there was no players. Yeah, right. They right. even played like fake uh, fan sounds, and you know so that the okay. operator should hear it. You know, oh, had, had a guy blow blowing a whistle to pretend no to be the ref. Yeah, yeah, all these things. I mean. It, it it was crazy. I saw uh, that recently. There was uh, like a scandal for like a Russian Telegram group, and they had uh, they had created, I suppose, this kind of goals mm -hmm. game done in Indian cricket league or something, and yeah. they created a whole league yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's it, it, it's 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 so much more yeah. to this industry than 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 you know most people are aware of. But I think that's also one of the reasons why this offshore market is turning the way it's turning because you see that there's not that much money into it anymore you see the traditional offshore sharp books are also starting to actually limit a little bit now you know you know when when we were when i was placing my bets in my leagues you know i could get on not going into details but what I, whatever i wanted to get on i could get on on a Tuesday, Wednesday, when the game was on Saturday. Now you have to wait until game day to okay. get that amount of money on. So it's it's just less liquidity, yeah. and it's you can probably say that the the offshore market is turning a bit more like the European one. Obviously, not as extreme by you know shutting off winning players and you know limiting these types of things. But there's definitely a, a small element of it. Yeah. So 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 back in the day when you were playing. Um, even though you were a winning player, you wouldn't uh, get no, limited. No, no, no. I mean, this is. I mean, still today, there's, there's, you know, possibilities to to bet, you know, serious money into those markets. I mean, look at the World Cup now. Yeah. I mean, if you go to some of the offshore books, you can probably get a million on right now. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, everybody can. Even if you're the smartest guy in the world, you can probably get that on. Yeah. Um, you probably can't do that on the, on the soft books, inclu including yeah. ours. Of but, if you, but if you, uh, if the operator would would recognize that you're a renamed player, why mm -hmm. wouldn't they limit you eventually? Uh, I think it's a numbers game. You know, it's an information game. If yeah. if and th this kind of goes back to the whole discussion where it's just like limiting players, cutting players off, or you know. The argument, of course, on the smart, the sharp side, I mean, we, we've seen it so much in the US now, in particular, yeah. after the European business model is being rolled out in the US, right? Why would you shut off winning players? Because what you should, in theory, do is that you should say that, okay, Pierre, I know you're a smart customer. I know that when you're betting your early NCAA college bets, yeah. I take that information and, and I use it. it to adjust right. my odds. Right. But again, it's a volumes game. You need volume yeah. to make that happen. And then it's, it's difficult. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. So what, what again, what, and then what those guys who's complaining, what they're forgetting is that, you know, we're, we're offering, you know, three, 400 markets on some of these events. It's, it's very hard, even though you, you get the information on, um, the main lines, you need to update all the derivatives. And if you don't have, you know, the proper tools for it, it just become too 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 difficult. So there's there's very much two sides of of, of that story. Yeah. Uh, but it's I don't I don't have a good answer or, or a good solution yeah, yeah. for it. But so even so back then there was like <clears throat> much less information. So if you um, if you had good sources or whatever, you could find an edge in in uh, in those to say. But and the, how does that compare to today? Uh, is it possible today to be a professional sports better? Oh, oh, absolutely, and and yeah. there are many. There are many. Um, it's, it's, I think the biggest challenge for the professional gamblers today is just to get on, you know, get, get down the money Enough, you enough want. money. Exactly. Yes. Because you're, it's, it's a very, very thin margin you're, you're operating on as a professional gambler. Like if you can, if you can do two, 3%, well, that's, that's great. But you know, you, then you obviously need, need to scale it. Yeah. Um, and that's the difficult part, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so if you, if you want to do that on the soft books, and I'm, when I'm saying softbooks, I'm meaning, you know, the, the, everybody, most of the operators who are based here in Malta, you know, the, the, the ones you see on TV, yeah. uh, so to say, yeah. it's because obviously when you lose your account, you need to get a new account. You need to, you know, get your, you know, what, what people do, like they get like their brother's yeah. account, their sister's, their grandmother's account and get shut down. You need to KYC, you need to, it's, it's a proper pain in the ass. And even though there's, you know, groups who have specialized in this as well. You know, getting uh, you know IDs. That's yeah. another. Accounts on that's yeah. another massive business. You know, I yes. going to universities, buying someone's you know utility bills for you know decent money, and then going through bonus abusing. Just like I mean, look look at Sweden, right? It's it's a it's a hot market for these types of things. Yeah. How many licensed operators are there now? You can just like go there, roll over all those bonuses, and you make a theoretical pretty 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 decent buck. And it's a numbers game. If you can scale it, yeah, that's what uh, we had. Uh, I don't know if you know Osric. Yes, of course, yes. of course. Yeah, I saw the. Um, it's it, amazing. Like mm -hmm. you told us that uh, on um, on the kind of the dark side of the internet, there are the forums where it's like hundreds of thousands of people who who collectively exploit casinos. Uh -huh. they, oh, like, yeah. they find an exploit and they all attack it. Yes, like, yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And they yes. said as well, it's all about the numbers game. Like mm -hmm. how many accounts did you create that mm -hmm. attack this flaw, basically? Yeah, and we see it, you know, from our side as well. In, on our operator, it's it's if you do something just a little bit wrong in a setup on a or a configuration of one campaign or a bonus, like bam, 
you see all the inactive accounts like bam hammering like like sharks in the water <laughs> so it's um it's tough not gonna <laughs> that's, lie that's for sure Ron. uh you know and uh, i mean we've known each other for a long time and then cheers uh, by the way it's great to have you uh great to have you here <laughs> uh you know one of the most fond memories i have together with you andre is uh, from a year and a half ago we were in a basement playing poker together uh, <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with our friend uh, Tim. Yeah, uh, and uh, it was the wildest gambling experience yeah. I've had in my whole uh, uh, life, <laughs> for sure. Like, yeah. it's not even anything that comes close to that. No. Can you uh, t- tell the story about what happened that I, night? I, I'm not sure how much we can <laughs> without <laughs> we without mentioning say. any names. No, so. I think it's it's. I, I remember the evening where I was. Uh, I had been out on a team event actually that night. Yeah. Uh, I was walking home. And I was walking and I saw some familiar faces. I was like, oh, yeah, you need to, you need to come and join this, <laughs> this poker game. And I was, you know, a little bit tipsy and uh, I thought I was going to join like a small one, 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 two game, which we normally play. Yes. And you know, that's what it was for a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess it just escalated. Yeah. I guess that's the <laughs> correct word. And I think the, probably some of the biggest pots that was played almost that year. In Europe, in, in Europe, yeah. uh, for sure, went down on that that yeah, that yeah, particular yeah. night. Um, I've never seen you as nervous. Actually, I remember you sitting there. Yeah, you were, yeah. you oh were literally God. shaking as well. And I was so nervous. There was, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah. I, I I don't know what more to say. It was, okay, it okay. was, uh, it was pretty wild. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll give it from my perspective <laughs> without mentioning too many uh, names. But basically, we were like playing one two euro cash game. And I think we were buying in like, you know, uh, 300 euro, 400 euro, stuff, yeah. 200 euro. And we were having a nice friendly game, having a good time. And then this uh, unspoken person sits uh, down at the table and he looks at everyone. What, what do you guys have? What, okay, it's 400 euro, 500. And uh, he goes, um, uh, I'll take uh, 15,000, yeah. please. 15,000 euro. And everyone looks at him like, what? <laughs> we have like 400 euro. And, and then basically... He gets dealt the hand, and he d- he just goes in all in in the dark, every hand. So he gets his card, and he just pushes the chips in without looking at his cards, every single hand. And this goes on for like five hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just like oh, let's do it for fun. He went it on for five hours, and it is impossible to sustain. Obviously, every time, like every hand, someone is gonna have something. Mm-hmm. So so every time someone calls him, and most of the time someone else wins. You know so. All of a sudden, the other stacks on the table start growing. And so my stack, I went up to like, you know, a couple of thousand all of a sudden and hence, you know, being nervous. And I remember you were winning a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so then eventually this person, he loses the 15,000. And uh, so he just go, goes, uh, I'll take uh, 30,000. So he buys in 30,000 euro. Okay, on the table. And, uh, you know, now people have quite a lot of money all of a sudden. Like, people are sitting with a couple of thousand. And it's not fun. I mean, <laughs> it's not fun to look down on your hand and you have, like, you know, ace 10 or ace 9 or something like that. And you're, like, you know, three, 4,000 euro in front of you. It's like a monthly salary for most people. It's not fun to have, like, 60% to win a hand with, uh, with that amount. Uh, so, I mean, it's very nerve-wracking to sit there. You know that it's very good to sit there. You know you should do it. But it's very difficult when you're in the spotlight. The, you know, the pots keep growing. He keeps losing and losing and losing. And 
eventually he ends up in an in an all in pot uh, with another player on the table who then had won a lot of money and i think um, he was out like you know 15000 or something and so they go all in and the pot is now 30000 euro and um and so the, the the other player he wins uh, then like the, the the person who started with very little he he wins um and so we can call the we can call the person who is buying in and going all in the dark. We can call him the suit. We can call him okay, just to make the it suit. simple. Okay, so the suit loses. Okay, and then he loads up again. So now they are sitting. So so, so the the other player he's sitting with like thirty thousand, and the suit is sitting with thirty thousand, and they end up all in again. So now there's a sixty thousand euro pot. 60,000 euro and we like a couple of hours ago we were playing for like 200 euro now it's 60,000 euro all in in the dark and the other guy he wins again right so he's he's he has now 60,000 euro in front of him and the suit he just goes oh, I'll um, I'll buy him for another 60,000 please and he continues to go all in the dark 60,000 euro every hand he goes all in without looking at his cards I mean, I have never seen anything like that in my whole life. <clears throat> no, I, yeah, I guess he was he was playing the um, the, the martingale tactic <laughs> yes, in poker. Exactly. Eventually, you will win. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, as a player, you 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 know, it, it starts off with with fun and games, but then it very quickly becomes very very serious because yes, yes, yes. you have no no there's no there's no playing. You know, there's no there's no flops. No. It's, it's one street poker. Yeah, um, that's it. It's a gamble. And, and he kept going. You know, that, that was the thing. So kept going, you know, our stack gets bigger. And so now we are, at, so the suit is sitting with 60,000. And we can call the other guy the jackpot, we can call him. Mm -hmm. So jackpot, he sits with uh, 60,000. And in poker etiquette, it says mm -hmm. that you, when you win a lot of money, you aren't really allowed to leave the table. Yeah. You know, it's like you take away too much money on the table. It kind of kills the game. It's really bad poker etiquette. So you kind of have to stay on to play because you you have to kind of give the other person a chance to win it back and so on and and um and so he you know he he is not leaving he's mm -hmm. continuing to play and so the suit is going all in every hand sixty thousand, and then comes the hand like the uh, the jackpot guy he looks at his cards and he's like oh my god <laughs> and he says to the suit like come on why don't we play for half why don't we do thirty thousand each uh, and the suit just looked at him like well, you're a pussy? You don't want to gamble? <laughs> we are here to play poker, you know? Yeah. We are here to gamble. It's all or nothing. Either you call or you fold. And he's like, what if we do two flops? No, it's one hand. Either you call or you fold. And the jackpot guy, he ends up calling with ace-king. And the suit, I think he had like 6-5 or something. Yeah. So it's ace-king versus 6-5. 120,000 euro hmm. in the pot. Yeah. And, you know, ace-king is like, whatever, 65%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, flop comes, uh, flop comes uh, a six, mm -hmm. right? Suit, suit guy, he, he hits the fucking pair of sixes. Mm -hmm. And then a turn is the king. Mm -hmm. right? And then river is blank. Mm -hmm. So the jackpot guy, he wins 120,000. That's an apartment yeah. that he won. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and he, was sitting, he loaded him for like 400 euros mm -hmm. or something. And he won, he won his way up to 120, and he started screaming, I won 120k! I won 120k! Oh my god, if I, I will, t my whole life, I'll never forget that night. And, you know, maybe the wildest part, that, that was not the end of the night. Yeah. Let's just, and then, then maybe then, just leave it yeah. there, but yeah, it was... Uh, and then, then so it goes, 
he didn't even say a word. Yeah. He's like, uh, I'll take 120,000, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then the other yeah. guy, he cashed out and he took the 120K. And yeah, we continued on for we a while longer. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up yeah. until the sunrise that yeah, day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was, um, yeah, oh, I, 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 I will not forget that night anytime soon. It was, it was a good, good evening. Amazing, amazing. Uh, so from one thing to the other, Andre, <laughs> from these uh, fun poker memories that we had, uh, you know, you... You're obviously the president of uh, Coolbet, a very, very well-respected uh, operator who was uh, acquired by GAN in almost two years ago. Yes, the deal closed uh, two years ago, yeah. Yeah, serious. And obviously GAN has gone through a, a pretty tough two years mm -hmm. uh, since then. The, the share price has fallen by like 95%. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, um, uh, Gian here in the background, I don't know if you got my screenshot here, but if you, oh, there we go. So uh, nice, I, I, nice, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank just, you. That's nice. Just want yeah. to highlight yeah. the uh, yeah. the the ski slope that we're yeah. looking at here. This yeah. is the uh, Norwegian landscape. This is uh, this is even nothing. Like uh, this starts at eleven. I think it was up on uh, it was up to thirty at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is uh, yeah. This is the one year. I, wi I wish I wish this was <laughs> <laughs> this was everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But it's it's a it's a nice ski slope we're looking yeah, at yeah, here yeah. Uh, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, but. You know, so so Coolbet, obviously, I mean, shining star in this mm -hmm. uh, organization who mm -hmm. hasn't lived up to the expectations since that acquisition. But can you talk about a little bit more, like, um, why do you think uh, the um, organization haven't uh, live, lived up to the expectations uh, that yeah. were so sky high when they, when Coolbet were acquired two mm -hmm. years ago? As a proper change of pace. Yes, <laughs> yes. Of one from, thing to from, 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 Yeah, really. Um, no, you know what? I'm not gonna, gonna sit here and and, and blame no. too many external factors. I think uh, if if the the, the truth is that if if we had delivered better on all parts of the segment, you know, it would have been a little bit of a different story. Uh, that being said, I think everybody who's been following this U.S. gaming space um, have experienced similar things and i think if you if you for example would put up the the DraftKings draft king share price graph it's it's not too too different oh. um that being said you know like we we um we're not happy with the development of course uh, i think a part of it was that it was you know um we can speak about a bubble if you want it was a proper gold rush yeah uh you know when when over the last couple of years and i think we see a, a big reaction I think it's an overreaction. Um, I think, uh, well, of course, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shareholder in here, so I've, I, of course, I, I'm, I'm positive. Um, but I, I truly believe that you know the, the the level, the general level for for the U.S. gaming stocks will will recover. I guess maybe the one of the bit frustrating parts for 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 us as as, as Coolbet is that you know we are we are not a U.S. focused brand. Right. We are a, you know, call it the rest of the world focused brand, but we're obviously part of the U.S. Uh, U.S. company. So we're being measured on our peers, which is you know, DraftKings, um, Rush Street, you know the, you, you know the the usual suspects. So that's that's been a challenge for us. But you know we we um, we have a clear strategy internally. Uh, we have you know a strong management. We are really just buckling up and and 
know, we 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 do what we can, and and you know, Kubert is is doing well. You know, we're we're a healthy healthy business. We're we're um, we're we're just pushing through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so you know what is interesting, um, Andreas. Well, you mentioned some other businesses who is kind of kind of come down back mm-hmm. to earth a bit mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and uh, you mentioned DraftKings. But another company that comes to mind is. Uh, is gig gig back in the day so yes and uh, you had a uh, uh, quite a, lo- a number of years working for 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 gig who also went through this journey where the share price crashed and then now it has recovered yeah. um yeah. so so i suppose my question uh to you then is uh what what uh, what do you think gan as a group needs to do to turn things uh, around uh, yeah. like like gig did back yeah. in the day when you yeah. were there you know uh, i'm starting to think maybe i'm the problem you know <laughs> i i, I it's, like Taylor, it's like a tale of swiss fun exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> no i mean um i think i think there's um obviously being part of of, of the whole gig journey was was extremely valuable uh, I think for all of us that was there, and also for me uh, personally and professionally, I think we, we learned a lot about everything. And I'm also learning how to handle swings a lot better. Oh, As right. you know, uh, when 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 I joined Gig, I, I joined Gig through a acquisition where you know we were paid in in, in shares. And same thing, right. same thing now with Kubert. We joined Gan through an acquisition that was yeah. uh, partly paid in shares. So you're obviously ending up with with quite a lot of money on the line as well. So you're at least right. if there's one thing I, I truly take away from, from the gig is like, <laughs> I, I know how to handle those 10, 10% daily swings, you know, like that's, uh, <laughs> that's nothing for me anymore. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's, I think it's impressive what, what's gig done. I think they, 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 um, obviously I, I, I left now back in 2020. Right. So I'm obviously not familiar with, with everything that goes on there today but you know they they really you know they i think they had a stable course i think yes. the guy there have the guys there have done a good job they are you know focusing they i guess they simplified their business model a little bit um i still think that when when they sold the the b2c division to 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 betson i think that's probably maybe deal of the the decade deal by decade, by, yeah. by jesper and the guys uh there like four times yeah but that was something yeah, well, it was it was it was it was but you know they, they played it smart i think it was yeah. uh the time of the the sign of the times it was a yeah. state of the union that was uh they did a good deal there yeah but you know gig you know is is, is very very solid and they have a very good media division uh, and you know they're still growing their their platform, so I think I think it was just a bit more focus needed, maybe simplified a little bit. And I think I think uh, I think they're doing a good job. So you know, for us, it's um, it's um, we have a clear plan. You know, we we we're working towards that goal every day. Uh, obviously, we're we're we're, uh, we're stock lists and everything, so I can't go into no. too much detail. But you know, I think I'm confident that you know we're we're taking some some measures. Um, we're trying to do the right thing, uh, and I'm confident that we will uh, we will bounce yeah. back. Uh, it it must be uh, difficult internally. I mean, you as a leader, and obviously um, you and potentially others in the mm-hmm. company um, uh, have options in the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, for two years to see the um, the the share price consistently mm-hmm. going down is. How does that affect motivation in the team? Yeah, and like, what do you as a leader do to yeah. keep people motivated? Oh, absolutely. It, it's I think it's the one biggest challenge I have in my role as well. I think Kubet traditionally have been extremely good at um, both customer retention, also employee retention. So a lot of the guys that was there from an early age who had, you know, 
significant amount of shares, they're still there. So of course, when you're getting acquired, and uh, you get paid in some cash, some shares, and then the share price drop, it's, it's very tough for the people. Um, so but yeah, I mean, this is we just need to come up with a plan, communicate it and then show them that, you know, we're actually doing something good here. Um, but it's definitely uh, been tough. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we're working this every day, you know, I think, um, I mean, I can I can go on about, you know, tying people together, getting people back in the office, you know, getting, you know, trying to boost the morale, the team spirit, it's, it's all part of it. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I think we just need to kind of regroup a little bit and, you know, get, get people together and, you know, show that we we're having a plan and we're collectively executing it. Absolutely. Uh, and we can't do this podcast without mentioning Jan Svensson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so part of the whole drama here in the in the last year obviously was the uh, Coolbet founder uh, Jan Svensson who publicly uh, uh, came out and slammed Canada Gan board and specifically the CEO Dermot um, asking for the resignation it is a big drama he laid out you know how he has been criticizing the board how he uh, you know was kind of pushed out of the company and 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 so on and so forth. I mean, you you worked with Jan for for a long mm -hmm. time. Uh, what what did you think of the letter that uh, Jan Svensson published uh, published uh, a couple of months yeah, ago? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, everybody who knows Jan was like probably reading it. That's like yeah, uh, that's 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 the Jan we know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I I have um, I have a lot of respect and and admiration for Jan. He's he's a very very smart guy, and you know. I still think he had maybe the, the best gut feeling I've ever experienced in my life. And I learned a lot from, from working with him. I obviously feel the letter was a little bit um, unnecessary and it, <laughs> you know, created a lot of, uh, a lot of drama <laughs> internally and, you know, for us, per for me personally as well. And there's of course, two sides to yeah. every story. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was, it was some interesting uh, days, but you know, you know, Jan, Jan is good and he, Everybody who who been in this industry for a long time, they also probably remember the Nordic Bet brand, which he also founded and sold to Betson, and you know a bit of a similar similar story. I think so. I think Jan is, um, I mean, he's 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 a legend in my book, uh, but I think he also he thrives in the um, the startup in the and building a company phase, and then when it gets too big, he's very he's a very straight shooter. Yeah. As we all saw from the letter, yeah. he's uh, he, he he might not be the best fit in a stock stock listed <laughs> uh, organization, uh, but you know I um, I still you know see Jan as often as I can in in, in Tallinn and he's he's a good guy, uh, but there was uh, a little bit unnecessary. If 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 Jan listens to this <laughs> podcast, I mean we we spoke about it as well. I mean you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's great. You know, at the yeah. end of the day, like this, uh, you know, a little bit drama is always good uh, to, to kind of light the fire, uh, and, and maybe it leads to something positive, even if it's a step back. Then yeah, step forward. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if we if we zoom in on uh, Kulbe specifically mm -hmm. uh, now, Andrew, like um, what's uh, you know, if we look at the market overall, it's uh, tough in many markets mm -hmm. and many um, tier two operators. Mm -hmm. uh, are trying to find uh, the way to increase profitability. And mm -hmm. we saw like Hero Gaming mm -hmm. cutting a lot of staff, mm -hmm. Presenter cutting staff, others as well. Um, 
What's uh, what's your strategy now going into the the near future in how to how you build the cool bet? Uh, do, do you see? I mean, you know, again, you're a stock lister. You mm. can't, can't build too many secrets here, but. Uh, well, how, how do you how do you see the future of Coolbet in general? Uh, I, I mean, I see it extremely bright. Yes. I think, uh, of yeah, of course. Uh, no, but I mean, we we Coolbet uh, has always been a little bit of a different brand in many ways. You know, for those who who doesn't know, we've been very self sufficient. We like try to limit working with with third parties as much as we can. You know, we we haven't worked with any affiliates. You know, so we, we oh, wow. no no rev shares whatsoever. So we own hundred percent of wow. everything we do. How did you manage to do that? No, it's 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 again it's a strategy from the very very early beginning, and like yes. we want to own as much as we can in now. So so because have... I remember when when Coolbet started, it was a very hyped uh, brand that yeah, came yeah, from nowhere yeah, yeah. and just became huge yeah, in a very I, short I amount of time. We always placed it as a sports book. That was always the the difference. So when when again when when Coolbet was founded, it was founded because there there was a gap in the market while everybody was you know. Okay, they were using Sportsbook as an acquisition source, but they were it was pretty much all about just getting them over to the casino, right? Because it's it's easier, it's more predictable, um, it's more of a scaling game again. So Kubad was always gonna be the sportsbook. So right now our 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 revenues are are pretty much fifty fifty, which is still, you know, probably way highest in in the industry. Uh, on the sportsbook part, I mean, right. uh, and you know, up until last year, we, we were still you no know, 65, 70% sportsbook. So I think that was kind of the, the unique piece of it. And, you know, we were always going to be super aggressive. You know, we have a very, very significant trading team of, 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 of bookmakers and, and traders and compilers, a lot larger than anybody else on our size, but it's all part of the strategy for being, you know, more localized. You know, we, we go in a market and we, we really, push through like a local sports betting offering that nobody could match. And that's kind of how we used a lot of social media, a lot of word of mouth. And that's kind of how the, how the brand spread itself. Mm-hmm. So, so um, yeah, so we, we're going to keep doing that. Uh, we're going to launch some new markets. That's, I think it's important, but I think it's also important to not move too fast. Uh, to also you know take a break sometimes and and look at optimizing existing markets and you know we we have been moving quite fast over the last couple of years so I'm also excited to to you know to to really really take a step back and look at the existing markets and and optimize because there's there's many things we would like to do there's many things we we know we should do better and uh, and yeah we're 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 uh, we're all for it all right all right. And um, so, how, how do you see like the legacy markets now? Say like Scandinavia, mm-hmm. and, and 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 particularly Europe uh, overall, with uh, some of the markets that are heavily regulated, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and many operators are kind of taking a step back mm-hmm. and trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to find profitability. Uh, Is this a concern for you guys? It's as well? it's, it's tough. You know, not not gonna lie. I think there's always gonna be that. Um, every time a market regulates, it's a very very thin line. You know, how can you, I mean, we, we are, we're extremely pro regulation, but it of course needs to be done in a good way and it needs to be done in a healthy way so that we are not, you know, scaring operators away into, you know, the, the black market, because the black market will be there. You know, that's, that's just, that's just the reality. The black market would always exist. Yes. And 
if you know as we've seen in some markets now if you regulate to if you make it too difficult if you're not communicating properly you will scare you know operators and players essentially away um that's the biggest challenge um you know we are we are in we have five licenses you know we in every market that regulated we regulated we are in some pre-regulated markets I don't know that's about to regulate we're, we're excited for that um but we're fortunate in the sense that we have you know a, a a really good customer base we have a healthy customer base we are a profitable business and you know we have the support from our u.s owners so the 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 stories you've been reading are publishing you know about <laughs> about you know staff and everything you know that that yep. doesn't really uh, affect or apply to us so okay. we, we're still in the growing phase we're still growing and so we're, we're just gonna keep yeah keep doing that good yeah. uh, and um so there's a lot of talk of uh, of a potential recession happening next year and obviously mm -hmm. um uh, this year we've seen um, uh, interest rates going up, uh, yep. the uh, economy is uh, on shaky grounds and the uh, age-old question then appears mm -hmm. again if the agami industry is recession-proof because mm -hmm. in the last two recessions, which was 2008 and the year 2000, uh, the industry fared pretty well. Mm -hmm. However, the um, the uh, uh, flip side to that coin is that uh, the argument is uh, that, well, the industry was growing so fast mm -hmm. at that time that even if there was uh, an, a negative effect based on the recession, mm -hmm. you, the industry was growing faster, mm -hmm. so to say. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, have you noticed uh, in kind of the numbers that you're producing in the player behavior and the activity, any differences in how much they gamble or have you noticed any um, effects so far on based on the economy? I mean, we, we have the obviously the, the luxury of, of operating in, in many different markets on yeah. total different, you know, geographics um in in some markets we might see a little bit you know you see you know the average turnover per user you know maybe it drops a little bit in some it seems you know very unaffected <laughs> but i think you know to 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 look at in, in in the larger picture and we keep talking about i mean i actually like to to look at this kind of the the, the, re, the recession as a little bit like the world cup in a way, I, I know it's a bit, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, connection to make, but I think everybody who's been asked to forecast this year's World Cup, it's so different, right? It's a, it's the first Winter World Cup, whatever. Um, nobody knows. That's kind of if you're looking at all the earnings calls, the Q3 earnings calls, everybody when they're asked about the World Cup, nobody knows. We don't have the data, right? And I think that's a little bit the same about the recession now, because okay, it happened before, but there's not really any relevant data you know it's the whole market is so different the whole everything is different so to try to predict how this if, if it turns to recession or if it isn't recession how it's going to impact i think is i think your guess is as good yeah. as mine and as good as you know a guy on the street i think it's very very tough yeah yeah exactly because you've seen uh, uh, some publicly traded companies uh, that haven't performed that well some mm -hmm. of the publicly traded uh, operators mm -hmm. They have kind of put blame, they have yeah. caused blame yeah. on the uh, um, mm -hmm. on the economy as mm -hmm. like why mm -hmm. uh, they are not performing as they should. And then other, uh, so I spoke, for example, with um, Pontus Lindvall of Betson, mm -hmm. and he's like, no, we haven't yeah. seen any difference. No. Everything no. is as normal. Yeah. It's like the other guys, they are probably just making excuses. Yeah, and I think there's always an element of that. It, it is an excuse to make, you know, yeah. it's 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 on everybody's lip. Everybody speaks about it, you know, yes. so I, I, I would probably 
for for once agree with with yeah. bets on 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 something uh, <laughs> there. Um, but you know, inflation—that's probably a bigger concern. Yes. I mean, it's it's uh, it's hitting all of us. Yeah. It's affecting all of us. I mean, we're headquartered in 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 Tallinn, Estonia. I yeah, it's like twenty five percent inflation yeah, it's, in it's, Estonia. It's it's it's, uh, it's mad. Crazy. Um, well, yeah. So so that's that's. I spoke about my my biggest challenge earlier. This is probably my my second biggest challenge, you know, to to keep keep people, you know. It's, yeah, because they want the higher wages, because obviously the course. cost of living in Estonia must have like shot through the roof yeah, now. Yeah, like. and, and you know, we've 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 always, you know, of course, we we try to um, compensate all our our staff as as fairly and and good as possible. Um, but you know, with obviously you you saw the stock exchange graph. To, to say that, you know, everybody's going to get the 30% salary increase. I mean, it's that's, that's happen, going to be yeah. tough. You know, yeah. I'm not going to lie. So we're, we're, we're obviously trying to do, do what's best for our people, but it's, 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 it's a challenge and it's, and it's tough. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you should have all the Kurdos in the world and therefore taking on these type of challenges. I mean, uh, I think we've, we've both been in organizations that, that uh, have been performing really well. And um, when an organization is constantly doing better, it mm -hmm. is like you go to work, everyone's yeah. high-fiving, you know, great, uh, mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but working in an organization that um, uh, that is going through challenges is... Uh, uh, it's it's a lot more difficult to take on, and you you very quickly see like who uh, like through a difficult period you very you you very quickly weed out like mm -hmm. the weak players from the strong players. Yeah, yeah, but you, it's also you know and I also look at this as a, as a as a massive challenge. Yes, you know it's it's we learn so much from this, and you know if I know that I do my my very very best, you know to to protect all our staff and do what's best for our people on a daily basis you know I'm, I'm going to sleep good at night you know yeah. the you know the results is you know affecting me as well but i mean the staff the the guys you see in the office every day you know that's what that's what's truly important to us i mean i think that's also a huge part of coolbet's success in the past that we have a really really good team we have people who are really you know living and breathing the brand so you know that that will be a priority over over anything else in right, my right. in my role. Yeah. So yeah. Everyone loves a good comeback story as well. They exactly. Like exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so uh, um, and also we've talked about the World Cup here and and uh, <laughs> spoken as a true uh, sports betting player here. Yeah. Your your comparison to the World Cup and the economy. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, I'm quite curious to understand a bit better. I mean. Usually, um, when the World Cup takes place, it's a welcome break for the operators, mm -hmm. and you know it's a good boost of revenue. Obviously, it's a massive uh, sports betting um, event that is taking place. But this World Cup seemingly is a little bit different than others. Well, it's the first Winter World Cup, as you mentioned. It's in Qatar, which uh, uh, you know there's there's a boycott from uh, a lot of publications mm -hmm. and media, and the coverage is not the same as it usually is, and it's kind of uh, the whole uh, cup itself is shadowed by the kind of Qatar scandals uh, mm -hmm. that's taking place in general. Um, what's your expectations in terms of um, if you compare the activity uh, sports betting wise compared to the last World Cup or mm -hmm. previous World Cup? Do you do you notice that uh, it is um, not the same activity as it usually is, or not at all? I think everybody was extremely worried or you know if not worried they were 
insecure about how this World Cup was going to look. You know, nobody wanted to comment on it as, as we spoke about earlier. But, you know, the moment uh, the whistle went up for the first game on last, last Sunday, we have seen no difference. Oh. It's it's literally no it's effect. Like People still like to watch. Or I'm not, I'm not sure if they're watching, but at least they like to yeah. to, to bet. Then we have basically seen you know perfect perfect in line with with last World Cup. You know we see uh, a lot of activity. We have all the NDCs. We have the campaigns running. It's 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 very very business as usual. And now we just need the um, the results to go our way. Yeah. Which you know everybody who. I mean, I'm not sure when when this episode will will go out, but it's uh, it's Friday today. We just lost a lot of money on on on, on <laughs> Senegal beating Qatar, so 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 that's that's part of it. But but you know, I think nobody, no operator, at this point in time has a reason to be disappointed with the results. Oh. I think they've been very operator friendly for the first round. Okay, and then. Uh, Knock yeah, on wood. Yeah. Let's see if we can uh, we can keep it up. Yeah, yeah. Knock yeah. on wood. A lot of draws. A lot of draws. We, a lot take, of, we, take, a lot of we take all the draws. All yeah. the draws <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. Exactly. No goals and a lot of draws. Mm. Uh, actually, it's it's uh, speaking of like results and the, and the kind of what uh, what better is usually like to bet on. Um, I did a, a podcast a while ago with uh, uh, with a political sports betting ah. professional ah. Uh, and. Um, uh, Matthew Shadik is mm-hmm. uh, head of politics for ah, uh, yes. Smart Kids. Yes, and we we recorded a podcast the day before the um, U.S. general election mm-hmm. in twenty. Uh, what was it? Twenty twenty. Yes, and um, so obviously at that time, if you look at all the polls, they, they were like. Uh, uh, Joe Biden was heavily, heavily, heavily favored to to win. Mm-hmm. It was like you know, ten to one for Trump to win mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. However, on the sports betting side, everyone were putting their money on Trump. Mm-hmm. So the uh, uh, so obviously the uh, sports books they had to kind of skew the odds mm-hmm. in order to take less uh, risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was quite clear to uh, Matthew at that time that uh, you know the best thing you can do if you want to earn money is to bet money on on Joe Biden. Like this is mm-hmm. clearly like over mm-hmm. odds on mm-hmm. on Joe Biden mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so just to just to go back to like to your days as a professional sports player like can you think of like any events uh in the in the past that uh that is like for whatever reason uh-huh. the odds uh, get so so heavily skewed towards one side or the other when the reality I, is something different actually funny and this is you know not prepared at all yeah i have not prepped for this at all but okay. I, actually there is one that comes to mind uh very very similar story it was when if you remember when uh, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, uh, Conor McGregor, yes. exactly. That's, that's, that's that, was, one. that was yes. a very, very similar story. How it crazy was, was that? Was, I mean, I remember I was actually on a, on a panel about that particular event at yeah. a, at, a uh, uh, at the conference, and the the we spoke about how you're gonna how you're gonna price it up, how you normally how do you normally compile a boxing event. And you basically break it down and you say, what's the chance of each fighter to winning the fight per round? And then that's kind of the basis for the model. And then you, 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 you take, it, take it from there. The thing here is like, Conor McGregor never boxed. Yeah. It's like a different sport. And everybody who's, I mean, you know better than ever, like anybody who's been involved with martial arts, boxing and anything else, it's not comparable. It's like, it's like tennis yeah. and ping pong. 
Exactly. So you basically take arguably, you know, the best fighter, boxer. Okay, now I'm this is not my area of this, but like at least one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, okay, he's sure. a little bit old, but he's still, you know, yes. good. And you take let's take uh, we can call it call it Bjorn Borg. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you put him up against a world champion in table tennis in tennis. And you're expecting the the table tennis guy to get like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like Bjorn Borg versus Jo Valner. There you go. <laughs> there, there's your Swedish uh, commercial yes, as yes. well. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it, 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 it was completely bizarre. Uh, but 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 you know people people like this and and you know that's media. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. all about media. Yeah. It's it's how it's being presented, how it's being angled, and and that's just the result of it. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious that these uh, things. Yeah, happen. I mean, people yeah, are betting with their emotions, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and of course the, the bigger the event is. Again, going back to actually getting money on an event, but you know, like I think the, 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 with with everything that went down, I think you got like you know one twenty, one thirty on, on on Mayweather or something like that. It's basically twenty to thirty percent interest on your money. That's almost how it felt. <laughs> and I mean, but but to go back to the to the Biden Trump, I remember I remember that night very very well because we had it was as huge as everybody else. We had so much liability yes. on on Trump. Um, but he almost won. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, oh so the, 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 the tricky with these situations, you, you will always, to some extent, rely on the exchanges. You know, the exchanges are probably the closest you get to a source of truth. So you, you follow your Betfair or whatever, and you look at it, and like, at some point, it was completely even yeah. in the middle of the night. You know, a couple of states went this way, and then all of a sudden Trump is favorite, and then it goes the other way. And you know, I I was, yeah. I, co I couldn't sleep that night because it was yeah. uh, th that was during 2020 when there wasn't that much yes. boards and stuff. Yes. And uh, Matthew Shadek told me, I don't know if it was the same for you, but he said that this is the biggest sports picking event of the entire year. So I mean, I can from Coolbet's point of view until. Until last year's Champions League final between Real Madrid and Liverpool, that was our most popular event ever, oh my God. In, ever. Ter in terms of turnover. Oh my yeah, God. And, yeah. That uh, is so But I mean, crazy. obviously, you have an event that's, I think, that market was, you know, open for yeah. probably a, over long time. a year. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we had people coming in, you know. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I so mean, that that was that was uh oh and, and that was crazy. And essentially if Trump would have would have won that night, it would have been a, like a disaster for the entire online gambling I, industry. I, I, like, I probably would be, wouldn't you know I wouldn't have had a job. You know, I would have <laughs> lost my job if, if that happened. That that's that's that's, that's the magnitude of, of that liability. That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. Like Trump could have single handedly closed down the online gambling <laughs> not far from yeah yeah <laughs> i it's uh yeah that, that was one to remember yeah, yeah exactly i was i was telling uh, matthew as well like uh, uh you know not to be political here but i'm assuming that you are cheering very much for joe biden right yeah. now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was a lot of sweaty uh, sweaty palms uh, yes, in that night, yes that's for sure. it was indeed oh my god uh last question for you uh, today mm -hmm. Ander, before we kind of start uh, mm -hmm. rounding things off here um if if uh, there was a one versus one football game between uh, our dear Slatan and your dear, dear Erling Haaland, I don't know how you organize a one one versus one football game, but if that were to take place, who would win? I mean, yeah. prime prime shape. Prime. Open. I mean, uh, on a big pitch. 
Yes. I mean, Holland can just pass the ball by and run, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, uh, this is uh, this obviously this comes from our very friendly Norway Sweden rivalry, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm a huge Slatan fan. Uh, I always been still is. Uh, I think his character and and what he brings to the team, not only on the pitch, I think it's uh, I think it's uh, unmeasurable, but. Uh, still can't, can't compare <laughs> with with Erling the, our golden boy he, yes. uh, yeah yeah so I have to go with I have to go with my heart here and and and, and uh, go with Holland <laughs> have you have you heard uh, the love story that Erling told when he went on a date for the first time no have you heard that? I have to find uh, I have to find this uh, story here uh, let's see basically uh, I'll paraphrase I'm, I'm probably gonna mm. uh, butcher this but anyway so Erlen Haaland, as uh, as most people know, is this like insanely great up and coming football mm. player. Uh, he's scoring more goals than than the games that he plays, and uh, he's just been a machine in the last uh, couple of years here. And um, he was saying that he went on a date uh, once, like when he went on his first date, and you know he's never he never like kind of met a girl before. He didn't <laughs> know what to talk about. And the only thing he thinks about is football. Mm-hmm. So the only thing he could speak to to this girl was like, uh, yeah, "How many goals? How many um, goals do you think I'll score tomorrow?" And he he was just thinking about goals, goals, mm-hmm. goals uh, all the time. And so uh, uh, so it didn't work out between the two. And Ella said, uh, "You know, uh, I uh, I don't play love. I play football. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play, I don't play football. You play love. Yeah. So this doesn't work." Like, <laughs> and Slatan plays Slatan. And Slatan plays Slatan. Slatan plays Slatan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, obsessed. Yeah, but I think you know that's also how if you're looking at the new generation of players, you know they are, you know they've been professional athletes since they were like six, seven years old. Yeah, I think you know none of them or a lot of them are you know extremely obviously serious, but they're not you know touching alcohol. They've been like raised up in a in a yeah. new age. If you compare it to the a bit old schooler footballer. Uh, it's 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 very. I mean, again, Norway having a bit of a golden generation now turning into grown-ups. I think you know they're they do nothing outside of football. So it's uh, hopefully we can qualify for a championship soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. the next step. Germany twenty twenty four. Right. That's uh, <laughs> that's the next. We will be will be there, Ander. Yeah. See you there. Uh, and um, it's uh, fantastic to sit down with you. This is uh, long overdue. Thank you so much for giving me your time today, my friend. Thanks for having me. It was it was uh, it was a pleasure. And kudos to your jacket, by the way. That's oh, thank a fantastic you. Yeah, jacket. thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I... <laughs> it came at the end of the time. <laughs> thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> Super. <laughs>